Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Ian Marchant to discuss the creature's abduction of Kay from the ship in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Hello, Ian. Good afternoon, Eric. Good afternoon. Right, first question for you today, Ian. When did you take your first trip to the Black Lagoon? Well, assuming we're not referring to the local Oxford swimming baths, um, (laughs) it would have been about 74, I think. I was just trying to think of this before um, before we started recording uh, as to when I would have first seen it. Now, I can remember in in 1974, we went on holiday to uh, Wales, remember this clearly and we went to a local uh, shop and they had i don't know if you remember them the old really cheap mego style figures they i think they were made by a company called ahi mm-hmm. can't remember what it stands for amzac something and they did a a, a creature figure that uh, was very bendy <laughs> it, had, yeah. it had bendy bits and i remember uh, my mum and dad bought it for me and i knew it was the creature then so, but that's my sort of earliest memory rather than the film itself, which is strange. So I must have seen it and I must have been familiar with it. I'd love to get a list of when the BBC or ITV showed these films for like the early 70s. I think it would help us out <laughs> a huge amount. Back then, were you a reader of American comics? Uh, yes. Yeah, I there were you, you couldn't really get them that easily. I mean, when early 70s we're talking up to about sort of 75 76 there didn't seem to be such a thing as comic shops no. certainly is not not as far as i was aware of so the only comics you saw were the reprinted like british weeklies and occasionally you would see american comics which were like the holy grail of of for the kids um in the local news agents uh so yeah i i certainly i I was a, a devotee of American comics at an early age. Mm. I think I was a bit luckier than you. I remember our local news agents. We had a spinner rack. The oh, comics wow. were on spinner racks. And, uh, yeah, it was only DC. It was never Marvel comics. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe if you read American comics, maybe you saw an advert for the Aurora kits. Yes. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Um, I I never had that Aurora kit, certainly until they they saw one of the re-releases much, much later on. Mm. Um, probably one of the monogram re-releases um but yeah i i certainly the adverts seem to be full of, you look back now in sort of early 70s uh monster uh, comics and the monsters feature heavily mm. uh, especially the creature in the lat lagoon um so i think it, it it's one of those weird creatures that's gone into national consciousness i think or yeah. people's consciousness you, even if you've never seen the film you know who the creature from the black lagoon is looking at it same yeah. as you know you, you know who the frankenstein monster is you know who bella lugosi's dracula even though most people have probably never seen bella lugosi's dracula now mm. um yeah so very very recognizable fella 
Yeah, I think I I, I came across him um, with the Aurora kits. Yeah. Um, although having said that, I'll put it up on Facebook. But the the Aurora kit of the creature from that lagoon, usually that the box art, you know, was fantastic, and the yeah. kit was rather lacking. It didn't match the box art. Yeah, the poses were never sort of the same where they like no, the, the no, wolf no. mat the wolf man was amazing yeah <laughs> and then you look at it and like, ah. they were brilliantly creepy but when you yeah. actually built the model no matter yeah. whether you were good at painting or not in the raw plastic it didn't match the no. cover but i remember the creature of the black lagoon the artwork was terrible it didn't look like the uh uh the actual creature and the model yeah I, I, I seem to remember it had sharp teeth yeah, I, I I remember that everyone seemed to in like whenever you saw build-ups, people would paint their lips bright red, which was bizarre. Well, they go. Um, we, we, I was going to talk about this later, but this is the publicity machine kicking yes. in. They just yeah yeah, yeah all the coloured um, house stills. Yeah. yeah, awful colouring with bright red lips. Yeah, and it, it, and it wasn't like that. Definitely not. No, um, but the the all, all, every time you saw the the Aurora model, it was like that. I remember I had the. I bought it. Like I say I, I, I bought a set. It might have been. You remember when they released the the Auroras as the awful um, Luminators? Yes, oh, terrible okay. kits. Those fluorescent really hard ones. To glue. Yeah, and I had I bought the set of them, and I don't know whether they did a creature or whether from Comet Miniatures I got the creature at the same time because I had a I had them all. I've still got photos of them. They didn't survive a house move. I shot them all up with an air rifle when I <laughs> I, I, I moved in with Anne. Um, so yeah, they all went. They all disappeared. Um, but I remember. The, a lot of the kits, the Aurora kits, were good, but uh, could be a little bit lackluster. I remember the creature one as, as not being too bad pose-wise. It sort of, it was that classic still of him with his arms up, yeah, um, rather than you know some like the the um, Karloff Frankenstein monster is awful because it's in the Bella Lugosi arms outstretched, yes. I'm blind pose, which uh, which, which, which became did, yeah. yeah it became such a parody after that. If yeah. anybody was spoofing Frankenstein, you put your arms up in front. It's like no, <laughs> no, no, don't do it. it. It just you just look like an idiot. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I'm just I'm desperately trying to think now when I would have seen the film, and you know I can't remember. It, I, I know it would have probably been – we never saw in this country, and, and or at least down south, they never seemed to show the third film. So my memories would have always been one or two, mm. uh, the first or the second Creature one. Um, but they certainly showed Creature from the Black Lagoon, the first one, in like one of those 1980s sci-fi, BBC2 sci-fi seasons. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's always – and it still stands up now, but it's always it was always to me um, it felt a, a a very adult film in its themes and it didn't feel silly, hmm. which when you consider it's about a you know a gill man wondering about uh, chasing a a woman that he shouldn't really find attractive, it, yeah it's uh, it is silly but it, it's it's almost played completely straight which is unusual for because this was this was much later than a lot of the other universal monsters wasn't it that he was it was he must have been sort of the last famous universal monster creation yeah and, that, and did and, anything come after that well apart from his sequels i mean well yeah you know his contemporaries at the time and what i like about this film is that he is a force of nature yeah uh, you find out in the film that he's been uh, been around since uh, prehistoric times um, and all the other you know monster films of that time it was the nuclear age they yeah. all tended to be spawned by you know radiation but yeah. here you've got it, a precursor to man 
it would have been very easy for the script to have a space satellite crashes in the Black Lagoon and that causes yeah. him, you know, the mutation of a dogfish into him, into Uncle Gilbert. Um, yeah, very, very, very interesting story. Very, uh, very straightforward. There's, there, there's no silliness in it. Like I said, there's no, no. not most of these films. There's little bits where you go, oh dear, okay, I'll buy that. But in this one, it's like, okay, you, you've got me film. Well done. Mm. And and watching it again, um, I was struck because I haven't watched it for quite a while. Um, Shame again, on you. <laughs> um, I was struck by how, you know, similar Predator is to it. It's got many yeah. of the same beats. You know, you've got a party being observed and being picked off one by one in this jungle setting. It's um, there's lots of films that you could. Now, I don't I, I don't I don't want to say that these films are based on it because they're quite obviously not. But the. The, the tone must have entered certain filmmakers' consciousness because obviously there's shots in Jaws that are almost shot for shot mm. from this film. Um, and I was thinking the other night after after hearing the the horribly sad news, and this will date this podcast of uh, Harry Dean Stanton died yesterday. Mm. Um, one of my favourite actors, really good actor, and from my favourite film Alien. And Alien is very similar to this. You can imagine the the Nostromo is the ship that goes to the lagoon, which is the planet that mm. gets the creature. Very. Were these themes in place before Creature, or did it invent them? I think it might have invented them. It could be. I mean, some of the themes in it, I mean, you know, it is in the tradition of, um, you know, like the Lost World and King Kong, where you've got um, civilization going into the dark unknowns of the jungle and facing, as I say, like a force of nature. So it's borrowing themes that have come before. But no, I think you're right. I think it's setting Mm. a precedent here. Because I'm always... I'm always trying to get back to who invented the slasher movie. Now, a lot of people sort of say, oh, it was the slasher movie proper was invented by Halloween. And then you've got where you could go, well, the slasher movie, you know, Alien, that sort of takes the slasher movie. And then you get further back. About it. So, Creature from the Black Lagoon? Could mm. be. Could mm. push in it. But, yeah, it's... Um, I also, felt, like I say, follows that wonderful Hollywood trope of um, the idea that whatever creature you are, uh, a buxom lady in a swimming costume that's that's your that's your bag and that's what it's going to fascinate yeah. you yes yeah it's very strange why why would the same with king kong isn't why yeah. why why are they falling in love with these these uh creatures that are not of their uh, species yes and a completely different you know yeah tarantula didn't do that did it tarantula no <laughs> or the deadly mantis no 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 <laughs> not that we know of anyway all right, so so h- how do you rate it as a film? Where where, where would you say it stands I, amongst all the other universal, you know, monsters or horror characters? I I think it stands head and shoulders amongst the top. Um, I know I know it came late, and it, a lot of people don't don't consider it. They sort of they a lot of, a lot of fans of Universal will break things down into different eras, and they'll say, oh, you've got the classic era, then you've got the the mid era from sort of um, Frankenstein versus Wolfman onwards, and then you've got the later. Era. But I just lump them all into one bucket, um, and I think Creature is floating at the top of that bucket. I would say. You, you, you're meant to you're meant to like certain films in Universal's canon because they're very good films like Bride of Frankenstein, things like that. Um, I, I would say this is certainly in my top five, possibly top three. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I really like it as a film. I would I guess if I say I love it as a film, it's it's probably one of my most rewatched Universals. 
other than and uh, again sort of uh, whether you class is in it or not Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein which right. is my absolute top favorite <laughs> so perhaps, perhaps i'm not the best person to ask there but yeah i i think this is a classy film this is it's i don't know whether it's a high budget i don't know Poss- possibly not a high budget i mean universals were never super high budget films but it's it's got gloss and it doesn't look cheap no i th- i think yeah i mean a lot of it is to do with the location work now of yeah. course they they didn't go to the actual you know setting of the film it was all in florida we'll come on yeah. to that in uh, behind the scenes but yes it wasn't studio bound apart no. from the cave at the end there are no real sets and, and yeah. of course the, you know the laboratory at the beginning there, there there are no sets so it has that look to it yeah, it's very, very open, even though it's in a claustrophobic setting. I mean, there's that one awful um, uh, rear projection shot of the boat dock mm. near the beginning. But other than that, I don't think there's any awful special effects in it either. No, no. I, I, I would what? like to have seen it in 3D. Have you not seen it in 3D? No, no. Oh, it's amazing. It's yeah. I'd, I'd say go out. Well, whether you can find one, I'll go out and buy a 3D TV and watch it. The the new um, Blu-ray that they they put in the monsters box set um i've i've got the creature on sort of pretty much every format that mm-hmm. was going and i they released i had the the the, the dvd version i thought oh, you can't get much better than this and then the, the blu-ray even watching it 2d is just amazing but the 3d works so well you can tell that this was this wasn't the normal sort of we'll tack it on afterwards or we do it as a gimmick um because i understand they designed they they invented underwater 3d cameras for this film yes certainly uh and it shows that there's a there's a a care in every 3d shot when you see it in 3d just pops and it works and especially Mm. the underwater stuff is really good i I would recommend i mean if you ever pass in north wales uh (laughs) pop in i'll bung it on for you you can have a watch in 3d but it's it's superb i would love to see it as you said on the big screen in 3d Yeah. yeah i think you know, you uh, you read things like famous monsters of film land and Forrest Jackman. that are always on about that this was the film that that sort of put 3D on the map and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Stay. And I can understand why. I think the the composition of the shots is very clever. See, but I watch it in 2D and I get frustrated. It's like, but I want to see this in 3D. Yeah. You know, it, this 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 moment is clearly meant for yeah. you know 3D. Now. The film is so strong that I don't mind that. Sometimes, I, did you ever see Friday the Thirteenth Part Three? Yes, yes, I've seen that in three D as well. <laughs> oh, see, I, I it showed hold it up as well, but it was in two D, and you've just yeah. got segments where yeah. it's like, right, okay. That I seem to remember there was a kid on the top bunk of a bunk bed, yeah. and he he goes oi to the one below, and he's just like doing his yo yo yes. down at him, which I'm sure looked fantastic in three D, but when it's in two D, you're like, yeah. The, the well, this is boring. With, yeah, <laughs> the trouble with things like um, from the 1980s 3D is that they, they wore of that ilk where it was like, woo, into the camera lens, or mm. that every other shot was someone chucking something at someone. Um, whereas Creature from the Black Lagoon does, I mean, it has a couple of shots like that, but the majority is using the 3D for atmosphere and to add depth to the lagoon. Mm. The, the lagoon goes from being sort of fairly creepy in 3D, it's like, horribly creepy as soon as it goes underwater um, well well next next year we're planning a trip maybe to north wales oh, there you go. Uh, yeah we're, we're, we're thinking about a holiday uh, walking off as dyke yeah uh which might bring us into your neck of the woods so i might i might yeah, take pop, you up on that yeah pop over and uh 
We'll bring it on for you. Have a three D party. See and see you. Yeah. You can't say no now because you've gone yeah. on record. <laughs> on record. You know? You're out in the public domain. Yeah, Anne will listen to this. You go, what have you done? <laughs> um, yeah, I tell you what, you're, go- you're going to disagree with me, I'm sure. But the the only niggle I've got with this film is the uh, the signature theme to it. I like it. I, it's Do bombastic. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, That's it's a bombastic. Word for it. Yeah. Um, it's amazing when you recognize it. It's amazing how many times it's used in other films mm. um, like King Kong versus Godzilla, etc., which is jarring. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's not subtle. I'll, I'll give you that. And it, it, it's quite repetitious, but no, I, I think it's good. I think it's a good theme. Oh it, no, no. Yeah, do you not like it? You wouldn't want to listen to it. You know, you couldn't dance to it. Could you? <laughs> it, it is so blaring and, yeah. and it's used far, far too much. Have a guess how many times it's um, used in the film God, because somebody God. counted it. Really? Mm. And I thought I was sad. Um, it wasn't you, was it, counting it? <laughs> no. Um, I'm not that sad either. Fair enough. I'd get about five in and go, you know what, I'm going to watch something else. Um, I, Because I, it's one of those, it's a bit like watching Doctor No when every single thing James Bond does, you get the James Bond yeah. uh, crash. So I imagine it's every time anything happens in the film, you get the dan, dan, dan. Um, I, I wouldn't like to hazard a guess. 10? 130. <laughs> God. <laughs> now, I don't feel like counting them. <laughs> no, I, see, but now I'm going to be, next time I watch it, I'm going to be sat there going, oh, I should count these. Yeah, right. you need one of those little clickers. Yeah. Just click every time it happens. I might. When if you do come and watch it, I might count it while you're there in the style of the count from Sesame Street, just to add to the. Ah, oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, just so it feels like you're in a cinema and someone's ruining the film yeah. for you. You can dress as the count as well. Well, yeah, well, that wouldn't be difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's as I say, that's the only niggle I've got with it yeah. because really it doesn't need it. It's like it's trumpeting. Look, look, it's the monster. Yes. Be scared, be scared. And the film is good enough. It doesn't need that, you know. Do you find it? Does it ruin it for you then? No, it, it doesn't ruin it. I just find it blaring. It takes yeah. me out a bit. It's like, oh, there it is again. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, Hans Zimmer, very often in his films, he'll have a thing. He's done this with uh, Man of Steel and, you know, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Whenever Superman ever appears, there's that little piano, little refrain that he does. It's like, what, every time you're going to play that, you know? I don't know. I fell asleep after about five minutes. Well, don't blame you. Don't blame you. Yeah. All right. Okay. After all this uh, waffling, let's go yes. into a clip which does feature the blaring dun, dun, trumpet. Dun, 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 dun. So here we go with the clip. That's good. Now you're getting it. Just slip the bar to the ring. Hurry. I've almost got it. Right, so we're starting when the the creature's already killed five people and he's already badly clawed Whip Bissell. Whip Bissell, what a name. I love Whip Bissell. Bissell. Yeah, I've always loved Whip Whip, Bissell. I can't even say it now. I'm so overawed by him, I can't say his name. Whip Bissell, to me, is the head scientist in the time tunnel. 
Yes, that's true. You're, yeah, you're absolutely correct. So I've got a great fondness for him because I don't know if you're you're old enough, but I grew up on the Irwin Allen. Yes. Shows yeah. on ITV. They, they, they were um, they were our benchmark. And even though you watch them now and it's like, ooh. But at the time, it was like uh, Voice of the Sea. Amazing. Loved it. Sometime next year, we will be focusing on Irwin Allen shows. Yep. Uh-huh. And uh, it's definitely Lost in Space and definitely Voice of the Bottom of the Sea classics now i've already got someone lined up for lost in the space but do you want to do a voyage to the bottom of the sea i, I would i would love to uh to do voyage to the bottom of the sea one of my one of my favorites see you've got so many to choose from i mean the yeah. the remit of this show is a special effects uh classic average or duff and we could find some duff ones in there yes certainly I watched one, actually, not yeah. too long ago that I, I can't remember. I stumbled across it, and it was like a lobster man. Not lobster oh, man right, from yeah. Mars with, yeah. you know, Tony Curtis in it. It was a proper lobster man, and it was just hilarious. You know? My, my favourite, I think, is when the sea view got taken over by half a dozen wind-up toys. <laughs> I thought, brilliant, that's just amazing. Um, yeah. And they never looked in the air ducts, did they, every week? No, no. You would think they Very would, class. you know, yeah, seal them up learn. or electrify yeah, them put permanently. A, put, a, put a lock on the door, at least. <laughs> We're back to Alien, talking are, about yeah. creatures are, yeah. going through air ducts. All Every, right. Everything comes back to Alien. There you go. You should know that. Should have that on a T-shirt. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, he, he's picked off five people. He's he's yep. injured Whip Bissell. He's, I don't yeah, he's underst- been a badass, hasn't he? I don't understand the point of Whip Bissell being, uh, you know, why didn't well, – did he have to be disfigured? Cause, I don't think it's Whip Bissell in the bed. No, that could be anybody because you I, just see I his think, eyes yeah. looking out the bandage. I, I think because Whit Bissell at the time was was I won't say he was a star, but he was certainly a, a a consistently working and appearing actor. So I do wonder if they only had him for a certain amount of time. What was the point of having him, you know, in bandages? On it was it for him just to be on that bunk and look a bit worried when the claw comes through? Yeah, could be just a plot device to uh, you know a bit a bit of peril. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't do a lot, does he? Well, I was going to say, you can't show peril when your face is completely bandaged and there's just two eyes sticking out. Eyebrow acting. Um, You can't even see his eyebrows. It's pupil acting. That's what it is. Yeah, why not have him just die and get rid of it? Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. All right. Okay, back to the clip. Um, Yeah, the creature, he's blocked the exit out of the lagoon with um, some trees and logs and debris, hasn't he? He has. He's clever. Yeah. And they've been down already to try and free it, but he's there, you know, hampering their uh, attempts. And our heroes come up with the idea of um, rigging up an air tank to fire a spray to ward him off. Yes, over a, over a hypnol or something. <laughs> yes, so so down goes David to free the logs, and he has a bit of a hassle a couple of times with the with the creature, but he gets to do it, doesn't he? Yeah, the creature's quite poor, isn't he? He's quite... He likes to fondle his uh, victims, doesn't he? This he creature. plays with them. He's a yeah. very playful creature. He just wants to have fun. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah. Well, I suppose when you think about it now, because conditioned for years that, that you know, you've got the heroes, you've got the monster. When you think about it, the creature is the hero in this. They turn up in his back garden, trash it, start killing things. Mm-hmm. I think he's got every right to to want to kick them out. He's he's certainly bad tempered because the first yeah. time he he really makes himself known to them he goes in and he kills the two uh, guys in the tent at the yes. beginning doesn't he you know yeah the uh, the extras that they think have been clawed by a jaguar yeah he, he's not playing with them 
Jaguar. No, no, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's it's when the um the wonderful ship's captain, uh, who now would be considered quite racist, but the wonderful ship's captain, uh, he was I don't know the actor's name, but he was also the sheriff in Tarantula. Really good actor, really good character actor, and he's, he's, he says some line like, uh, "They look like being clawed." The jaguar claws its victims like this, and he does a little sim. <laughs> and that, I, every time that makes me laugh. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, he is good. He is good. Yeah, it's good cast actually in this, isn't that good? It is, isn't it? Older it cast, yeah. I mean, the the um, last time I watched this, I was thinking about this. It's quite, it's quite risque in the relationships because she's a much younger was student of the scientist mm. they're not married but they're obviously living together mm-hmm. um he's got to be twice her age yeah is it so it's quite for the 50s that's quite that's quite out there rebellious isn't it yeah he might not be twice twice uh her age it's just that they look so much older yes that's we true were, we were talking about this on angry red planet you know the hero in that he looks like a grandfather I think it was the, the, the high level of their trouser waistline, isn't it? Like we're used to old people having a high trouser waistline. In the 50s, <laughs> everyone had it. Yeah. But it's like when you watch any sort of film that has a college in it or college classroom, all the kids look like they're in their 40s. Well, it's or, like Greece, that yeah. is. Yeah. It's strange. But this, I think he's meant to be older than her, isn't he? Because I'm sure they make at one point a reference that she used to be her, his intern or... Mm you know student which is getting into world dodgy territory there but it's nice that it's he's not a young fist throwing guy and he's quite he's 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 an older scientist and he he sort of everything he says to do is quite sensible and it's the other idiot that screws it up yeah 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 yeah. um but yeah good good unusual casting yeah well that idiot he's already dead he was one of the five um and all the crew there at one end of the boat uh, watching the log being winched yep. away. And we get one of the um, trademark claws out of the water coming yes. over the side of the boat with that music to just <laughs> let you know, oh, look, the creature's dun, here. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was quite a mess. I went, we're quite a mess. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, so, lagoon. Uh. yeah, he, he climbs up on board and they don't yep. notice. Um, and have you noticed when when the winch is going and they're pulling the log yeah. up, the noise the winching is making is exactly the same noise as the creature. I never noticed that. Yeah, it's exactly the same because you cut from the winch pulling the log up, and then you cut to him and he's got that gulping gill like yeah. uh, thing going on. Um, and yeah, his breathing is very very similar to the winch. I don't know if it is the same. You sure, it's not just the winch in the background going. No, no, no. I'm, no, uh, no, because no, you oh. hear it earlier. Um, that's, from him. that's strange. Well, who's to say that a uh, um, a missing link Gilman creature doesn't sound like a winch? Well, who's to know? Who's to, yeah, you who's know. Who's to know? Yeah. These right. are questions that should be answered. Yeah. Um, and he walks right into the camera, you yes. know, gulping away. That's a blatant 3D moment there. Yes, it's um, really, really good. And it does show off the, the superb quality of that suit and mask. Mm. And I think as a kid watching this, that, I think that's one of the things because at no point really when she's initial really picky person at no point do you think well, that stunt man's doing a good job mm. you it you buy it that it's a creature because the, the the mask is so mobile mm. e- even though the 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 well I keep calling him stunt guy it's a bit disingenuous isn't it Mister mm. is Riku Brown in Riku Rico, Brown Rico yeah Rico um 
he was, you know, it, I'll call him a stuntman. You know, why not? He can't, you know, is he still alive? Uh, Can no, he sue me? anymore. Oh, hey, well, all right then. This stuntman, um, <laughs> no, he, I, I've read interviews with him where he says that the mask was incredibly uh, immobile. But I, if that's the case, then fair dues to him. He, he, he gives that some life. Well... Again, it's a behind-the-scenes uh, little giveaway here, but that no, that was a separate close-up head which had uh, bladders in it to actually make the gills work. Both both the suit, the the land suit and the water yeah. suit didn't have this function. This was made uh, especially just for this very moment. Uh, oh well, it looks good though. It does. It looks terrific. Yeah. Right. So he grabs Kay. And immediately jumps over the side. Now that's all in one move. That's a love. That's a lovely little bit of stunt work. That he comes it, along, yeah. grabs her over. Yeah, all, he's all, done that before, only that creature. It's almost like it's been rehearsed. Yeah. Really? What? <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't imagine how that would happen. Um, I imagine that anyone that comes to that, any good-looking lady that comes to that lagoon, he's done that too. Do you think? I think he's a player. He's a player, is the girl man. Over um, the centuries. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's had like Neanderthals and everything he has, um, but no, it's it's lovely. He he just jumps. Ste- well, he almost steps off the boat, doesn't he? Yeah, He'll hop um, and straight down shoom, into the water. It's it's really good. Yeah, and that's the next shot. We've got him swimming away with Kay, um, and if you look closely, you can see that Kay is actually swimming as well. She's giving him yeah a bit of assistance. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't blame her. And He's the best-looking fellow in the film, let's be honest. There you go, yeah. Um, they come up into a cave. Yep. Okay, my, my question for you, where is this cave? Uh, because Soundstage the, 15. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the lagoon, where yeah, is this cave? Because yeah, if you've got a cave, yeah. it must be inside a hill. There are no hills that we see that's, ever. That's true. And if it was below the waterline, it would flood, wouldn't it, you'd think? Yeah. So it, it's got to be above ground, but yeah. at no point have we seen a hill or a mountain. Now, I know the foliage could be very, very thick, and you could so just have a hill off to one not, side, I suppose. Is, where is this meant to be? Am, am, Amazon, isn't it? It's the is Amazon, it? yeah. yeah. Not, not renowned for its cave system, is it, the Amazon? No, I don't think, I don't so. think so. No, hmm. no. Strange, that. But, um, yeah, I, you know what? I've never thought about that. <laughs> Next time I watch it, I'm going to be thinking about, where's this cave? Where's this pad? <laughs> <laughs> it does look a bit fiberglassy as well, doesn't it? The, yes. the, the cave. It looks very Irwin Allen, yeah. actually. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that dry could be ice. A cave in Lost in Space. Yeah, where's all that dry ice coming from? Where's yeah. that? The temperature's lovely outside. Why have we got mist inside? Yeah, where's all the light coming from as well? True. Hmm. But that's, again, to think that, that. that's a classic Irwin Allen, isn't it? Whenever you have a, a, a like a, a a lake or anything, it's always very heavily lit from underneath <laughs> almost like it's tank in a in a in a set somewhere Thanks but no that. it's um it is a a strange a strange set that it it it's the like you say the only thing that looks did that um it wouldn't have it wasn't an afterthought was it that would have been no it would have been in the original yeah. script i i guess you've got to assume that that's his home yeah well i presume so i mean you go you know he goes back there. He takes his date back there, doesn't he? I don't see any discarded bikinis or anything no, lying true. around from past, uh, you know, uh, is, acquaintances. Is there a Mrs. Gilman? Um, ah, I'm coming on to Mrs. Gilman, oh, right. so, so to speak. Did they say <laughs> behind the scenes? Yeah, oh, right. Did they say? I can imagine him in a penny. Could, did they say that the Gilman is the last of his kind? I can't remember. No, I need I to rewatch it again. 
Yeah, um, that's a good excuse. Yeah, that's a good excuse. I was always, I was always a bit uh, thinking, is he? Is he the last of his line and that just they didn't evolve any further? Or is he meant to be quite old? I, I don't think he's the last of his line. The way the interest he's taken in the female form, I reckon yeah. there's lots of little creature human hybrids all over that. Jungle. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, definitely. He's, he, you know, the, the way he can shrug off a hypno as well. He's been on the dating scene, hasn't he? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Loverman, that's him. <laughs> that's why he's got lipstick on. There you go. Ah, oh, dissolves it. There yeah, we go. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's centuries of snogging. Yeah. It's, it's either all... it's either lipstick or it's chap lips from all yeah. kissing. Yeah, he's he's rubbed his lips raw with all his making out. He needs See? a chapstick. Yeah. Mm. I th- I think we solved the, the the mystery there. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, something I just wanted to point out: when the creature he comes out of the water and he's holding Kay. She's very straight. Have you noticed that? She's almost rigid. Um, it, I don't know whether you've got that for the, the, for the behind the scenes, but there is a, a backstory, isn't it, that she was quite badly injured um, in, in the take where he's carrying her into the cave. He, oh, on one scene, he whacks her head into the raw fiberglass cave. Ah, no, 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 no. This, this moment is before that. Oh, right. Okay, when he comes out the water, before he gets into that little corridor bit you know of, well, I, of, of the set yeah is it where, def- where the accident definitely a person i mean it could be a dummy they might have, she, after whacking her once you might no, say I, th- I think that's julia yeah. adams but yeah. I, I think for some reason she's not floppy she's oh, right. she's holding herself very very uh stiff for some I might be scared could be oh yeah yeah, yeah she's scared stiff yeah that's yeah. true there you go it's definitely her though because yeah there's a there's a, a classic like say a classic probably been exaggerated over the years at convention appearances and things like that but she does tell a story about where she cut her head and there's a, a myth that it knocked her unconscious and she's quite adamant that it didn't that she was carried on acting because she was meant to be uh unconscious at the time so she wasn't yeah uh, well we'll yeah. we'll talk about it now but yes for the longest time it was like she was knocked out blah blah, blah. it yeah. turns out it wasn't the case she just got a bit of a rash yeah, and there's a photo I'm going to put up on Facebook where you've got the nurse attending to her. And yeah, they, they they'd make a publicity thing out of anything, then, wouldn't they? Well, so yeah, still do. Yeah, yeah and and I, I love the way you you know you've got Jack Arnold there, the director, and you know you've got Richard Carlson there, but you've also got Ben Chapman um, yeah. as the creature, looking on concerned, still dressed as the creature. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a bizarre photo, but yeah, no, she just got a bit of a rash, and after an hour or so, she went back. They put a bit of makeup on her, and yeah. and she went back to. Uh, to the acting she's a trooper she is a trooper yes yes in a i wasn't going to really mention this but her swimsuit you know mm. this white swimsuit risque at the time yeah yeah, yeah because it, it it was high cut yeah at the front yeah it showed it showed a, a an extra inch of upper thigh didn't it yeah this is this yeah. is bizarre to look back now and see you know that these things were risque and controversial you know? I w- again, I think we mentioned this before, but I'd love to take some of the films of today back to the 1950s. So you think that's shocking? Yeah. Get a load of this. Um, We're going off on tangent a little bit here, but you know, being a fan of Star Trek, you know, a lot of the um, uh, ladies' outfits in the original yes. Star Trek were quite risque, but there was this thing about you're not allowed to show the belly button or something. Yeah, you, you- couldn't. You, they, they didn't like underboob. No. 
you, you know, I think um, William Ware Thies or Thies, the the costume designer, he said you could you could show almost down to the nipple from above, but there was you couldn't show underboob. The 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 American censors got very very picky about that. Yeah. But he would consciously try and show as much as he could, uh, <laughs> just to annoy the censors to see how far he could push it. So, oh, yeah. well well done that man, <laughs> dedicated. All right, back on back on the target. Um, right. Following is David. He's he's figured out the way yes. into the cave and he's following. And we get a really strange, silly little bit. That bird that flies on wires yeah. to startle him. You <laughs> yeah. know, obvious. Uh, uh, again, That's it's another effect. obvious 3D yeah. thing, but it's just so bad. It, it's it got blatant wires, you know, yes. that, that, that it's swinging down on. Well, if, if I've learned anything from 1950s film, as soon as any flying creature enters a cave... Uh, it looks like it has wires on it. It's strange. <laughs> Happens to bats, birds. Yeah, it might alien. be a shadow effect. That's what I think it is. it is. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's our subconscious filling it in. But yeah, it is. That's like I say. There, there's a few waggle your fingers at the camera moments, um, and that's definitely one of the. We haven't pointed anything at the camera in a while, but there's. It's not every five seconds like a lot of the the 3D films. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is awful. I tell you one one effect in 3D that is really really bizarre. You know when they set the the creature's head alight on the mm. boat, and it looks a bit weird on 2D. When you watch it on 3D, it's it's barkingly bizarre. The the flames are floating in front of the creature's face. Oh right. Yeah. So I don't I don't know where, where whether I'm presuming they didn't set the the poor actor alight in his plastic suit um so they must have superimposed it on top but it yeah very strange effect um it was that was one of the things i i really wanted to see in 3 to see whether it looked better because it's always right. annoyed me in 2d and it doesn't it looks worse in 3d because it, it there's this separation from flame and creature okay you have to oh, show yeah. that you have, yeah. you have to show me that next year then yeah all right all right so um he sees Kay and she's passed out on a convenient rock you yep. know for her to lay on with no sign of the creature. I don't know why the creature has gone away. Has, has he gone to get them, you know, to, to light some candles? I think he's or, gone to get a tablecloth for that Tablecloth, yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. A couple of glasses of wine. Check that the missus is not there, you know. Put, put on the romantic music. Yep. Maybe. Maybe that's why he's so bad-tempered, you know. Yeah. Well, his, his date's been interrupted, hasn't it? That's, well, he comes in and interrupts yeah. their cuddle because, you yeah. know, Kay wakes up, they're having a cuddle, and now he comes out of the water again. Um, and you know, I, it could be that he is rampant because the first thing he does is go across and hug David. That's true. You know, he's a virile man is David. Yeah. yeah he's a good looking boy. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's got tenureship. He's got a good prospect at that university. Yeah. Yeah. The creature's blood is up and maybe other yes. things as well. So yeah. <laughs> you never, none of these creatures ever had, um, let's, let's delve into it. The genitalia, did they? None of them. No. They're, 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 they're all they're all action men, aren't they, in the trouser department? Well, you know the um, the the creature. He's got like this scale plating all the way yeah. down his abdomen, which goes to the bottom. Maybe that's hinged at the very bottom, and it <laughs> falls down like a trap door, and then yeah. all his tackle is inside. I'm I'm now picturing like you know um, on a, a galleon ship when they open the flaps for the cannons. <laughs> I'm like, picturing one of them flaps opening. <laughs> You're saying that he's got a hidden cannon there. I think he has. I think, yeah, I think he, like I say, he's uh, he's done this before. With a couple of cannonballs? Uh, possibly, yes. There you go. Yeah. Another mystery solved on this episode. <laughs> Blimey. Right. Um, the, he's hugging David, and yep. then the other guys come in, 
um, the two other guys, they come in and uh, shoot at him. Now, this cave that we never knew uh, yes. existed, and I'm guessing none of the humans knew existed. No, I wouldn't. The have two guys so. have found the cave. Yeah, they they blatantly walked in from from outside. They found and, a, a a door. Yeah, luck, luckily as well. The um, it's quite close, isn't it? Because mm. because later on in the film, when they showed a searchlight on the creature, and it's like, oh, it's it's ten foot from the boat, mm. the entrance of this hidden cave. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I can't believe the undergrowth is that dense that they wouldn't see, a, at the very least, a small hillock. Well, perhaps so, it wasn't the undergrowth that was dense. It was the people. They, just, ah. they didn't bother looking. Or their eyesight. Yeah, or they went, look, we're here for a lagoon. We're not here to look in hedges. <laughs> you know, It's not the 1970s. There's no porn in those hedges. It's not worth looking. Yeah, there's no bushes no film no okay so they let him go he's been shot a few yes. times they let him go and as you say he 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 goes out of an unseen entrance to the, <laughs> yep. to the yeah. cave into the lagoon and sinks to the bottom no. and, and that's the end i always thought at the end when you see him sinking away and it fades to black and it says the mm. end i i always expect i don't know why but i always expect some sort of final you know, a bit of dialogue, you know, like at the end of King Kong about the yeah. beauty killed the beast, some sort of wrapping up little thing yeah, between, it is, you know, David a, it, and Kay, but it, it just It is stops. a sudden, sudden end, yeah. Well, it's not, that wasn't the original end, though, was it? There was, they, they recut the end oh, to, to leave it more open. So whether there was something, you know, perhaps he didn't dive down the beach, he laid on the beach and they set light to him and then took and the, that was the end took the ashes home and buried it and that was final and they thought that's a bit too final um but yeah it, it, it wasn't that was there was another end to it and it was deemed uh we could get a sequel out of this universal yeah. very much the sequel oh, studio yeah. at the time it could be that they weren't planning that but then they started seeing the rushes yeah. and thinking they, actually they we've got something good here you know, they they knew they had open. something. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's true. Um, yeah, you, you you normally do get that, even if it's a bit moralising, isn't it? At the end of these films, you normally do get you get something like that, you mm. know. Mm. But then it wasn't he wasn't created by um, radiation, so they couldn't sort of do the. Uh, that's what happens when man meddles. Type yes, thing. true, yeah. true. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's the end of the sequence because that's the end of the film. So um, next up, we got behind the scenes. Ooh, very good. Okay. Now, you're a fan, so you might yeah. probably know a lot of this, but um, um, just go along with me. I will. I'll, <laughs> All I'll, right. I'll, I'll express uh, surprise. All right. Okay. Well, there might be some things you don't know. So, you know, a few oohs and ahs through yeah. this uh, could we, would could be appreciated. We, in post-production, could you put the creature sting every time you say something? That would be brilliant. Shall I? Yeah, I think you should. Say something, and it'll dun 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 yeah. I've got yeah. All right then. Okay, first one then. Apparently, um, in the early 1950s, this is the only Universal monster uh, film that people could watch because Dracula and Frankenstein they hadn't been sold to TV at that oh. point. Interesting. Pause for the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they could um, watch the thing. Yes. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. What, what, what year was the thing? That was... Uh, 51. Was it I 51? Think? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, directed, as you know, by Jack Arnold. Yes. Who had done a number of monster picks um, already. Um, it came from outer space. Yeah, um, with... Um, Richard Arnold. Richard Arnold. In. 
and that was in 3D as well, wasn't it? It was. I I, I finally tracked that down on 3D on Blu-ray. Oh, you scumbag! All these I things mean, you're seeing and I'm not. See, if you had a 3D TV, if you'd have invested in in technology that was doomed like I did, <laughs> you know, you'd be all right. Um, yeah, it 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 was released on budget Blu-ray. I think I picked it up for about six quid and put the disc in. It says, "Do you want to watch this in 3D?" Yes, yes, I would. I would love to. Um, it's actually very good. Re- again, really, he, he had an eye for 3D. I think that mm. you know, he he was a, a quality director. Don't you need two eyes for 3D? That is true. Although there was one very famous director of photography that did, I can't remember which 3D film he did now, and he only had one eye. I think it was Jaws 3D. (laughs) And the director of photography only had one eye, so couldn't see any of it. Lucky man. That that is not the only excuse there is for that (laughs) film, you know. True. (laughs) But he he had also done Tarantula, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Which yeah, is oh, one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not seen that in a long time. Nah, no, it, it, it holds up. It really does. Yeah. Um, two guys play the creature. You have got Rico yes. Browning for the water scenes and Ben Chapman for the land, each having their own suit. And that was mainly because Rico. Uh, again, I'll put a photo on Facebook. Rico was a lot smaller than Ben. Yeah. Um, so the details of the suit differed quite a bit between See, them. Yeah. This this has been a. If you're a modeler and you like to do a bit of your own sculpting. This has been a bane for years until you find out there was two suits because yeah. you look, you get a couple of photos together, a bit of reference, and you think, oh, oh uh, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. We were saying earlier about, you know, the color in the, uh, um, you know, front of house stills and everything. Yeah. Um, um, it w- was a completely different color than, you know, those god awful yeah. things. Um, um, and apparently. It has been said over the years that the water, the water suit was lighter in colour than the yeah. land one, so it would show up better, but that's been disproven, apparently. I think more more people say that it was the sa- exactly the same than mm. say it wasn't, don't they? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Because you'll probably come to this, probably I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preempt your dun-dun-dun. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't, uh, doesn't Forrest Jackman own the, one of the original masks? that he bought off some young kid at a Halloween, one Halloween or something. Yeah, um, apparently, yeah, they were not sold sure off. And some, yeah, somebody mm. somebody sold them off. And, yeah, and somebody bought them for his kid's Halloween costume. And then mm. Forrest J. Ackerman, was it Forrest J. Ackerman or Bob Burns? It was one of the two. Oh, yeah, it might um, be Bob Burns. Uh, yeah, spotted it, realised what it was yeah. and bought them back quick. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these stories have, have an element of bullshitness about yeah. them <laughs> um i'm not saying it is and it probably, but whenever you you read any of these like uh acker mansion stories or bob burns when you go and there's there's always an element of uh someone found something in a skip luckily mm. they were passing the studio right. um uh yeah it's it's very strange i never managed to find things like that yeah, have you got Bob Burns' book? It's called. Uh, it came from Bob's basement. I haven't. No, is it good? Oh, you should get it. It's brilliant. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, he ha- yeah. he has got a heck of a collection. And, yes. Um, um, yeah, there's beautiful. I mean, it's one of these landscape shaped books, you know, yeah. uh, um, rather than portrait. And and amazing photos of all this stuff that he's got from you know Flash Gordon onwards. And the creature is in there. I'll put some pictures on Facebook. Oh, nice. but I, I really recommend that book. There's. A, Brilliant, brilliant reference photos. If you're ever go- um, thinking of yeah, I, or painting anything, I um, you used to read in like Famous Monsters of Filmland that about this the the amazing 
uh, Acker Mansion, you know, Forrest J. Ackerman's museum. And then you finally track down like footage of it. And it is literally just a house and the stuff is just rammed in mm. willy nilly, not in the best. And it's, it's like, oh, yeah, bless. It's not it, ne- it needed archiving, you know, like yeah. Lucas did with uh, all the Star Wars stuff. You yeah. know, it needs museum space, yeah. you know, rather than filling someone's house, you know. Yeah, you got, I mean, it's like um, Peter Jackson's obviously he buys up a lot of this stuff when it's available or even when mm. it's not available. Um, and people sort of going, oh, you know, it, why is it he's a millionaire? Why can he do it? Blah, blah, blah. But at least he if you see like um uh the the where in Weta where they store it and that it's a museum it's properly you know it's it's in proper conditions it's yeah, been restored right yeah everything. and it's like yeah he's yeah fair dues to the guy he's a millionaire and he's putting money into preserving the the stuff that uh, is important to us so hats off yeah. to him yeah absolutely absolutely um rico browning he got the job because he was hired because he was like a a, a good underwater swimmer and he was hired for um when they were testing out as you say they that they developed underwater 3d cameras yeah. for this and he was hired to uh to go down and swim on location you know just to test the cameras and then he got a call a few weeks later saying uh, we'd like you in the suit um, because they liked the way that he swam, but it wasn't yeah. just that. Apparently, he could he could hold his breath for up to four minutes. Yeah, because there was no tanks or anything. Well, that's oh, what I was going to yeah. say. Jack Arnold, he because he could do that. Uh, the director, he didn't want it uh, to have a hidden air tank um, because even you know e- even if you hid the air tank well, you would see the bubbles coming out. Yeah. Um, and of course the sequels dropped that idea and an air tank was used and you can quite clearly see you know bubbles coming out the top of the creature's head if you ever if you ever want to see a i mean if you can track it down it's quite it's probably rarer than this film it's a film called destination inner space oh you remember (laughs) i love i love the look of the creatures but yeah terrible film awful it's like you know awful film um but you can see the, cre- the, 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 the creature suit in that has obviously had a lot of work on it. It's quite nice looking at it. But you can see it's a man with a tank on his back. Mm, and, yeah. you, you, you know, with, with the, the gill man, you, you can't. It, it looks natural. It looks really good. And he's very elegant. The way yes. he, he, he yeah. swims, it's just superb. All right. Uh, the creature's appearance was based on old 17th century woodcuts of two creatures of folklore called the Sea Monk and the Sea Bishop. Did you know that? I didn't know. No, dun, 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 dun. I just dun, dun. I like I like the idea of a bishop just swimming about in a lagoon. Yeah, how did he keep his mitre on? Bishop. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he's got a bit of elastic to hold his mitre on. That's it. Yeah. He. Um, what a strange thing. Yeah. Now, have you seen photos of the first suit that was? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the thinner, less sort of smoother. The smooth suit, one, yes. and that yeah. is the one that apparently was based on the Oscar statue. Right. Yes. You know, and it is very smooth and eel-like. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's it's. It reminds me of something. I was trying to think what it reminds me of. Another creature, and I can't. I couldn't place it, but there. It. It's it's not as it's not as good, is it? I don't think it's not no, as. No. And it, I don't know whether that's just because we're used to the iconic creature, and any changes to that just annoy me. But uh, it it it's too smooth. Yeah. Now there was talk 
that you know in future sequels he would have a mate and this would have been the mrs creature. oh this is mrs gilman mrs gilwoman so you could quite yeah. easily if he was in his cave with his latest paramour have this one yeah. come in with a rolling pin yes and uh, hit him around the head put your cannon away yes <laughs> that would have worked i think <coughs> that's why that they don't let us direct films you know <laughs> right do you know the uh, do you <laughs> Do you know uh, the name Millicent Patrick? I do. Yes. Now, um, th- this this is a, a she a very interesting lady, very talented, very pretty. Um, she she created a lot of things that she doesn't get credit for, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason for that is a lovely man called Bud Westmore. Oh, you who, do know this. Story. Yeah. He he. Every time I read about him, he reminds me of managers I've worked for. Where on the day that anyone that would show an interest in the project you're working on will come into work, he'll give you the afternoon off mm-hmm. uh, and then claim all the credit. Um, yeah, I've I've not I've read quite a few things because obviously the uh, the Westmore family um, they they were into they produced foam material for bras and that's mm-hmm. where they they sort of made their money in it and they took over they were uh, quite quite horrible in taking over the universal special effects department mm-hmm. um and everything i've read about bud westmore uh i think he was probably a vile man yeah it's not good is it it's no. really not good all right right here's the story for anybody who doesn't know yeah. it's, fascinating. Uh, it's fascinating yeah right her real name was supposed to have been mildred elizabeth fulvia de rossi okay and according to some sources she was born in an, an italian baroness yeah, Did you know that one? Uh, I didn't know that. I she's definitely got the look. Yes, yes. Um, but of course, it, in the fifties, there was a lot of displaced European royalty. <laughs> so, you know, it could could be could yeah, well. A lot be. of them ended yeah. up in America. Yeah, um, she appeared in twenty-one motion pictures as an actress. Uh, she acted in dozens of television shows. And she was also in her time a costumer, a character designer, an illustrator on a bunch of films and was responsible for some classic science fiction designs, including uh, the alien in It Came From Outer Space, the Metaluna mutant in This Island Earth, the mole people in The Mole People, uh, the masks for Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. She was the very first female animator at Walt Disney. Uh, but like you say, when it's when she designed the creature that the proverbial hit the fan. OK, um, right. In early 1954, she went on a publicity tour to promote the film. There's tons of stills yeah. of, of, of her with the mask and, you know, holding a pen to an illustration that, that she had clearly already finished. Yeah. Um, but even before she set off, off on this tour, um, the lovely Bud Westmore. Um, as you say, he he had replaced Jack Pierce yeah. um, at Universal. He had sent memos to the Universal front office, uh, taking exception to the studio's intention to bill her as the beauty who created the beast. Okay, and he claimed that the creature was entirely the product of his own. Okay, which clearly wasn't true. Yeah. While the tour was in full swing, uh, Westmore went to great lengths to secure clippings of her numerous newspaper interviews, some citing her as the creature's sole creator, without mention of Westmore or the other members of the makeup department staff. And he made it clear in complaints to Universal that he had no intention of engaging her again uh, when she came back. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, there's a letter uh, apparently that still exists between a couple of the universal heads where they note that Westmore was behaving very childishly over the matter and that uh, Millicent had done everything possible to credit Westmore during her interview. So basically, he was lying. He was just, yeah, as you say, being a nasty bit of work. Uh, When she came back and the tour was over, he was true to his threat. Uh, He stopped using her after she completed designs for the following year's Captain Lightfoot. So, Not a nice nice, uh, time, was it? It was, yeah, I I mean, if, if you've sort of, got any interest in um special effects of the sort of 40s and 50s and that i mean the 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 westmore clan features large and um not 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 really to their credit i don't think no you 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 compare him and you know his his reputation and then you see like you know the likes of jack pierce jack pierce yeah and 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 how you know he is looked upon yeah um you know by people and contemporaries and you know looking back now you know completely different yeah, I mean, Jack Jack Pierce was very much, although he could, people say he could be sort of a bit regimental and stiff when he was doing the stuff, but he he never, he always played the studio's game for them, didn't he? He never, mm. he, he never tried to claim credit, you know, I mean, almost to the point where he was virtually unknown for, you know, a certain period of time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, the Westmore seemed to be, they were trying to build an empire, weren't they? Yeah. Still are. I mean, they're still involved in special effects work, aren't they? They did a lot of the uh, the makeup effects on Star Trek: Next Generation. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it it, put, it leaves a sour taste when yeah. you, you read it if you're if you're looking into the history of the these sort of films. Well, it it makes you wonder, you know, if she was stopped in her tracks, you know, by this, if she hadn't been, what she would have yeah. gone on to create, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we've we've probably been denied lots and lots of, of wonderful creations mm. by a petty man's vanity. Jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. 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 Ego. All right. Okay. On, on a lighter yes. note, um, nine sculptors built the suit, um, each working on a different section um, with Chris Muller. He did the head. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we've already talked about uh, Julia Adams's uh, accident against the wall. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's about it on behind the scenes. A, yeah. a few little more snippets. Uh, are you aware that John Landis wanted Jack Arnold to dire- direct a remake? I, I know there's been remakes touted probably since the early 80s. Um, I know John Carpenter was mm-hmm. tied into a remake uh, idea at some point. Um, uh, I probably have heard of the John Landis version. There's been a few others. Um, I, I know there was talk of redoing it in uh, the Dark Universe cycle of films, uh, and the, the creature's hand does appear in The Mummy, and yes. out acts Tom Cruise. Not hard. <laughs> I actually I watched that yesterday, actually, The Mummy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about all you can say about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it, and my, part of me, part of me would like, part of me would like to see what they do. I mean, I'd love to have seen what John Carpenter did. Probably screw it up and make a piece of crap. To be honest, it was, it was deemed as well after his, his, uh, his classic period. Um, I but part of me thinks no, don't do it. Don't mm. do it. Don't remake it. It'll be awful. Yeah. 
I mean, the closest we got was the Monster Squad, wasn't it, really? Yeah, and um, that was a fantastic Gill Man in yeah. that. Yeah, he, he was really good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know with John Carpenter. If it had been... What I like to think of is if John Carpenter had done it, it would have been as far removed as, you know, Howard Hawks is the thing, yeah. his version of the thing. And I'd like to think that it would have been, you know, top notch. But would it? But maybe it wouldn't. Would have we? Would we have got a an uh, a watery version of the thing, or would we have got a watery version of Ghosts of Mars? Mm. That's the mm. that come to such a, a, a. I mean, I love some of his films. I think the thing is one of the best films ever. Um, Halloween is amazing. Escape from New York, love. But I do think he's he's gone past his prime um yeah. now whether that I, I don't know what the reason for it for that is and whether he could uh, uh he could pull out a george miller and do a his version you know a fury road mm. style comeback i don't think he could i i think i don't think i don't think the the, the hunger's there i think john carpenter works best with a budget of fourpence and locked yes. away for a year and surrounded by very talented people yes. as well. Yeah, that's because we're talking 1992 when he was, mm. you know, developing the remake. Yeah. Um, that was 1992. What but would he have I made don't... around then? What would that well, have been? Well, that is Ghost of Mars. Yeah, Ghost of Mars vampires. That sort oh, gee, of, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know. but even if it had been a duff film, mm. I think it would have looked good because yeah. he had Rick Baker on board. Yes, I would. I would love to. Not necessarily a film, but I'd love to see what Rick Baker would do, mm. given said design your your Gilman. I got a feeling he would do something very similar to the original because he loves it. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It's strange. John Landis, uh, totally wrong for it, unless it yeah. was going to be a comedy. Well, I thought of you when I was looking into this um, and found out that he wanted Jack Arnold to direct the remake. Do you know who they commissioned to write the screenplay? No. Nigel Neal. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he did complete the script and it involved a pair of creatures. Yeah. Okay. One destructive and the other calm and sensitive uh, being persecuted by the United Na- States Navy. Um, I That, that yeah. doesn't get my pulse rate. No, that sounds going. weird. Nigel Neal is another one of those writers, though, that that he's done some good stuff. He's done some okay stuff and he's done some uh, stuff. But what he would have written would have not necessarily been what they would have filmed with it. So mm, this is true. Yeah. He, and also I, Nigel Neal seems to have been one of them writers that, that annoyed a lot of people that he was working with. Right. So how, how far into the project he would have got. Right. I don't know, but that's okay. interesting. No, I did not know that. That's interesting. Well, it, it seems that it was ready to go. Yeah. Okay. But universal canceled it because they had decided to make the film again in 3d. Right. But Universal cancelled it for that reason. Um, Do you know why they would have cancelled it? Because it was in 3D. Uh, Because the 3D craze sort of between the 80s and the early 2000s version that we got. Um, Well, it seems that they they wanted to avoid a clash with Jaws 3D. Oh, right. Yeah. So they cancelled the whole thing. Brilliant. Just make it in 2D. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I... I mean, I, I I'm a great devotee of 3D. I like 3D films, but the you, the film's got to be good to start with. 3D is not going to make a tough film good. Um, but yeah, just make it in 2D if you thought it was going to clash. Or mm. why worry about it clashing? Surely the publicity for one would 
help the publicity with the other? Do they think that people go, well, I've my budget of one 3D underwater film per year, hmm. I've wasted that on going to see Jaws 3D? More bizarre is the hmm. thought that they actually thought that Jaws 3D was going to be a smash hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Although... I've I've watched that in 3D now. That's been released on budget Blu-ray 3D. Just to, to I don't think that's that's not really uh, that's not really taunting you, is it? With that no, one. no, um, no, no. It does not, improve not the, the film. Reaction. It does improve the film, the look of it, but it's still a heaping pile of poo. Um, it certainly is. But I wonder because the, obviously Jaws 3 was originally going to be a comedy. Um, Jaws 3 Humans Zero. Hmm. Uh, so I wonder if the idea for the Creature of the Black Lagoon with John Landis involved would have been a bit of a comedy one i don't know i don't know because he even but, even like the, the even his supposed serious stuff wasn't there was always that tongue-in-cheek element to it wasn't yes there? yeah i mean look at american american yeah. wealth in london you know yeah all right well it, it nearly was uh remade two more times um once in 1999 when brendan fraser's mummy was a success yeah. universal did consider it but nothing happened um, and then apparently they offered it to Peter Jackson uh, yes. to direct, yeah, I'd heard. but he chose to work on King Kong yeah. instead. Um, good move on his part. I don't know. I suppose uh, we would have probably had a fully CG. We'd have had Andy Circus running around the Black Lagoon in a blue uh, gimp suit, wouldn't we? <laughs> and then and, they would have uh, CGI'd it in. And they would yeah. have done what they did with skull island they um, you know peter jackson when he did you know uh skull island there, so over the top the lagoon would have just been filled with all other monsters yeah. and hideous fish and you know and creatures and it would just been ott and overboard C- yeah. certain films suit peter jackson's over the topness mm. and certain films don't <laughs> the real world yeah. doesn't yeah you know <laughs> exactly yeah. in a fantasy world exactly yeah, yeah. King, king kong was a bloated mess oh um, dear awful um but i I could see there could be a good film in there. They could they could redo it. I just think it would they do it properly? I don't know. Did you ever read the um comic adaptation they did in they they did a series of universal comic adaptations graphic novels in must have been the early 90s and they did things like uh Dracula and Frankenstein. They did Creature from Black Lagoon. Um and it it was it was weird. It was it, it was done in a a very strange artistic style um yeah it's it's worth tracking out but that 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 sort of takes a few liberties with the story um but it's interesting it's 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 worth tracking down um and i i think they 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 either would they either would have done a completely new story and it wouldn't be creature from black lagoon except in name only or they would do they they would have to get some sort of message in there wouldn't they i think mm, now yeah you would have to have the, right. the east caused by pollution mm. or something like that and the, you would also have a far too sympathetic we we can't have uh monsters that aren't sympathetic anymore can we we seem to have lost that ability yeah if they you know if they if they remade john carpenter's the thing you would have a sympathetic creature you'd have to see it from the creature's point of view um yeah it, no i don't know don't it'd be interesting to see what no. the designs are but don't do it i mean if through the years obviously lots of famous and non-famous sculptors that do models now have done their their updated version of the creature mm. and they've all been a bit lackluster from my point of view i am a bit of a traditionalist i like why why mess with perfection 
Indeed. I mean, yeah. if they did, if they did do a modern version of it and use the original design, that would hold yeah, up perfectly would well. Work. Nothing wrong with it at yeah. all. Did you have? Presumably, um, you've seen the the two sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lack, lackluster yeah. to say the least. Um, <laughs> The second one, I, I remembered as being so exciting, and then I, I watched it again recently, and it's so boring. In fact, I watched it when on Mystery Science Theatre did a version of it, um, and it's so dull with a terrible Clint Eastwood scene in it with a mouse. Mm. Worth checking down if you're uh, checking out if you're a Clint Eastwood fan, and people say he's always been a good actor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the third one is just weird. I, I hadn't seen it until very recently. Very hard to get hold of when I was a kid. You know, you, they never showed the third one. No, um, they never. And that's that's a bizarre, bizarre turn him into Frankenstein style mm, storyline. Yeah. It's like let let's do a sequel to a film <laughs> that stars a gill man underwater. Let's remove the gill man part and the underwater yeah. part. It is very yeah. similar to what happened with Universal with with Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Is that each sequel moves so much further and further yeah. away from the source material? You know uh, that they just become silly little so what yeah i mean they, they, they're, they're definitely um sort of bottom of a double bill for a drive-in style yeah fillers yeah. filler movies um, well that that they become the sort of films that you know uh become classic examples of why you know mystery science theater parodies them and sends them yes, up because they're, true, yeah. they're just they're just yeah not that good are they but getting back to the original what do you think of it in so far as a rating? I mean, see, the, again, it, this is one of these things where I, I'll have to try and take my love of the film out of the equation mm-hmm. and take out the classic nature of the film. And you know what? For me, it still comes up a 10. I think, the, se- I think the sequence, the sequence we're talking about, not necessarily there's, bad effects in it elsewhere but this sequence where he goes on the boat and he jumps up i think that's a i think that's a perfect effect sequence there's nothing that's bad about it everything works it looks amazing i i think it's yeah i think that's that gets a 10 from me wow wow all right well i'm I'm not going that high. Really? um no I, I mean you know it's a classic sequence it's a classic design you know we've already did discuss the blaring theme <laughs> yeah um but uh, it's not that jarring but the ending's a bit weak the way it just yeah. ends like that so i'm not as generous as you i'm only going to give it an eight oh, so okay overall nine that's all right it gives it a overall nine yeah you know um I've, I've already mentioned um um last week to matt um you know where in this month where we are doing four separate horror slash monster yeah. characters um who's going to come out on top oh. and nine nine is pretty high isn't it yeah see yeah it, so stay i think it's worth it the end of the I, month yeah i i think it's worth it i think he should gilman should come out on top with his red lips well stay tuned <laughs> with his with his chapped lips his chapped lips yes his lipstick lips it, well it was played by ben <laughs> chapman so there we go brilliant excellent what a brilliant way of ending that. Thank you very much, Ian. No problem. <laughs> Enjoyed it immensely. All right. Thank you very much. And um, we'll have you back soon, okay? Nice one. Cheers then, Ian. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.